Hi, this is Dan Sullivan, and I'm here for the next episode of the Free Zone Frontier. And I'm here with my partner, Steve Krein. And Steve is a Free Zone entrepreneur, if you ever met one. Hey, Dan. Great to see you. Yeah. And this is a fascinating one that we're going to talk about today, the credibility of startup health. And Mm -hmm. kind of if you can just talk about the genesis of the idea when you first got started, and then where did the credibility factor really start to become a very crucial part of how you multiplied the number of startup health companies that you had in your network? If something grows in the marketplace, it's because there's a credibility factor involved. Yeah. Well, you know, it's funny because credibility and even more today than ever, your reputation and the success of what you do and who you help and what you make an impact on is more important than ever. And the vast amount of both content and news and news cycles and content creation engines out there in all forms means that the credibility that you have, that your organization has, is everything. And it can take years upon years upon years to build up your credibility. And as I think we've seen, even of recent, it takes moments to destroy it all. So the idea that you're carefully managing your brand and building the credibility really goes back to each of the building blocks that we've built on, capabilities and really the underpinning of what I think is, you know, who you are and what you do and the collaborations that you create with individuals and organizations and the content that you put out all builds on the credibility that you have. And for me, we had built obviously a lot of credibility as entrepreneurs over a, you know, at the time a 15-year period or 18-year period, it's now almost 24 or five years, of being thoughtful entrepreneurs, but really our credibility lied in our network of other relationships that we had and that old notion that you are who you hang out with. So the idea around credibility and reputation and believability does come down to using proof points of the impact that you're making that could come in a lot of different forms from case studies or successes that you can hold up, testimonials that you can share, stories that people in your ecosystem, whether they're customers, clients, partners, team members, all of those things layer into credibility and believability. For entrepreneurs and startup health, one of the things that we talk about most around credibility is proving to others of the progress you're making by getting the stories out of the progress that you're making. This was just an observation on a previous discussion that you and I had. Having filters is a very, very important tool in establishing credibility. And I was just thinking of someone who's been accepted into the Startup Health Network. They know that they were one of 20 companies who had presented themselves to you, and they passed and the other 19 didn't. That has an enormous amount to do with credibility. Who you hang out with, who you help, who are your clients or customers or partners, that matters. That is actually adding or detracting from your credibility. So 
they're, every entrepreneur selected for Startup Health is a representative of our ideals and our representatives out in the market, whether they walk into GE to present to the executives at GE or a hospital or talk to a patient. It's a walking, living, breathing piece of the credibility that we create, ultimately filtering people that come into your orbit, whether it's formal, like a scorecard that we use to assess every entrepreneur before we even look at their company, who they are, what they believe in, how committed they are, who they surround themselves Mm -hmm. with. Ironically, I believe the easiest, easiest, quickest way to build credibility is look around you and make sure that your team members your clients, your partners, your investors build your credibility mm-hmm. and don't destroy it. Because again, it takes years, if not decades, to build reputations and credibility, but it takes one silly action, article, or accusation to eliminate that credibility. And then you got to start over or maybe you never even get it back. We're watching a lot of that happen in Hollywood today. So I think it's a fascinating word at a fascinating time where People need to be very self-aware about how important credibility is and go back to content, go back to collaboration and collaborators, go back to capabilities and make sure that it all builds credibility. I talk a lot about credibility with our team and I have, you know, in the workshops over the years. And Steve, one of the things I've said is that it has to do with what other people are saying about you when you can't hear them. Yeah. Some controversial ideas you put out there. We talked on the last episode about the time system, right? You know, my guess is that some editor along the way looked at that and said, well, why didn't he talk about those entrepreneurs that want to work all weekends and how they can do seven days a week and, and maybe accomplish a lot more and, you know, work more time? How do you kind of eliminate that noise? And how have you used that to kind of manage your credibility? Well, to a certain extent, it's what kind of noise do the people that we want to attract, what do they filter out? So to a certain extent, just regarding the time system, the people who are attracted to us are people who have rejected that you have to put in the 80-hour weeks. They may have experimented with that, and I think a lot of entrepreneurs early in their career they don't experiment with it. They just have to go through it. You know, they have to put in lawn hours. They have to work weekends. I had to do it. I had to work nights. I remember I had one project. I started on Sunday morning and I went to bed on Wednesday afternoon. Uh, How good was the work by Wednesday? Actually, uh, it turned out to be a big win and that was confusing, (laughs) you know. Better that I had failed, but I actually succeeded. But then I wasn't any good for about two or three weeks because it was so jarring. But here's an example. We don't have any, virtually no one from Silicon Valley have we've ever had in the program as an entrepreneur. And the reason is because the whole notion that you would be taking free time You know, you'd be taking weeks off and you'd be, you know, there are certain days of the week that you're just not going to be available. That would disqualify you from membership in the Silicon Valley culture and ethos. So they would have to make a severe choice. They're either going to be part of our culture or they're going to be part of that culture. And it couldn't be a halfway culture because that would kill them. Another thing, for example, there are certain cultures in the world where free time is not respected. 
And I would say uh, China is one of them. Yeah. Hong Kong is yeah. one of them. Japan in the 70s and 80s, that was one of them. So there was this attitude that if you took a free day off, that was a wasted day. You could have done something useful on that, yeah. on that day. People said, well, can you make this acceptable to the Chinese or the Japanese? And I said, well, no. Yeah. And I said, look, there's going to be people from China and Japan who have kind of come to their own conclusions. And they kind of said, you know, I don't want to live. I got a great guy from Singapore. And the free time has just been the key to his going 10 times since he's been 10 times program. Except he's got no entrepreneurs to hang out with because they're all working. No, he comes to North America. He's <laughs> right, established right. whole networks of entrepreneurs in North America as a result of this, you know. So, but I'm not looking for everybody. I'm only looking for a certain number of yeah. people. And I think there's a credibility factor there just to continue on with a discussion that I am for this sort of person. I'm not for that sort of person. Yeah. In particular, you said about the Saturday or Sunday to Wednesday sprint that you did. I think it's fascinating that every time you share something, content, tool, concept, or otherwise, it's all from the way you're doing things, mm -hmm. your own credibility that you take free time. For example, I remember hearing one day that you work Sundays. And all of a sudden, I'm like, wait, I thought Dan takes 155 free days a year. How could he do that if he takes Sundays? Until you learn that you take weeks off at a time to rejuvenate. And that Sundays for some people are a free day, but for you, it many times is a focus day or a buffer day, but that you take these chunks of time off. So you're about the year annualized at 155 and the days work for you. Mm -hmm. I think it's a fascinating part about credibility, which is, do you do what you say? Yes. Or do you say and then do something else? And so you fitting into whether it be the free focus and buffer time or using an impact filter to decide what projects to work on and defining success before you get started or dissecting a project using a strategy circle. If, for example, you didn't do any of those things, but you walked in the room and taught them mm -hmm. or coached them, that would be a problem. Mm -hmm. I don't know why I got onto this in life, but I came to an observation that the first thing people check out about people is, is there a consistency to what comes out of their mouth and how they actually behave, especially how they behave when they think they're not being observed. You know, there might be some religious training in there because I grew up Catholic and Part of being a Catholic in the 1950s is that you had to examine your thinking. You know, you had to go in a little box and talk to a priest about this and everything else, but you observed your behavior. Was your behavior consistent with how you talked about things? And so I had a very firm training, and, you know, my parents were very, very big about not being a phony. They had this phrase, don't be a phony, you know, don't say that you stand for something, but then you don't stand for it. You know, looking back at my parents, I can't fault them with any particular experience where I thought that they didn't really operate according to what they told us. And there was just this rock-like consistency. And we bet on human beings. You know, the number one bet that all human beings make is on other human beings. 
we want to bet on people that we can 100% depend that how we know them today, that's going to be true in the future too. I mean, think about the most important, you with Rebecca, me with Babs. Part of the thinking that went on inside Steve's head and certainly went on inside Dan's head is that I can make a commitment to this person for life because 25 years from now, the person I see today is still going to be the same person. There's something totally rock solid about that individual that I don't have to even think about it. So that's the number one relationship, if it's really good, that people have in their life. It's that one person that they have as a lifetime partner, as lifetime. But you spread out from there. Well, then who are the next people from this central one? You have children, so you want your three girls to be that way too, and you want them to take in that mindset that they be who they say they're going to be. Yeah, And it can cost you, it can cost you popularity, you can get excluded, you can make people nervous who aren't consistent and everything else. And I said, yeah, but you're going to end up with a certain number of people anyway, regardless of how you approach it and how do you want that experience to be. So I want everything to be rock solid, you know, as I build my future. And I think I've, you know, I've sometimes felt we've gone slower in building the coach than I could have if I had used advertising, for example, and I'd gotten out and we weren't so picky about our coaches, you know, and we had gone for 200 coaches and gone with a cookie cutter approach, you know, that there's a basic course and you learn it and But I don't want to do it that way. I want to check it out each step of the way, make sure that all the ground is rock solid underneath us and that we're always building on strength. And I think that when entrepreneurs come to the Strategic Coach Program, they're watching two things. One is because a lot of coaches about building a team around you, they hear what we say about team building and then they watch our team and they're checking back and forth between what this person is advising about building an entrepreneurial team and the team that they've actually built. Do these actually resonate with each other? It's interesting. You just dissected. I I just, I don't take notes often, but I took some notes here about what the three threads that I took away from what you just went through. We talked about who you hang out with and surround yourself with matters, right? Whether that's choosing friends, whether that's choosing spouses or partners, customers, investors, whoever it might be, who you hang out with matters. By the way, an important lesson that I do talk about with my children because you see different friends that they've had for a long time, some gravitate into one group and another, and you start to realize that you know when I embed this in there, mindset, which is just be aware of who you're friends with because you guilt by association on the bad side or on the flip side, you know, really incredible things you get exposed to and people you get exposed to on the other. And so who you hang out with was one thread. You talked about that, who you choose to hang out with, right? Choice. The second thing is, do you do what you say you're going to do? I always think back to your referability habits around credibility. And I think it's an appropriate time to share them in a second, because I want to get the third one out. And then I want to come back and talk about referability habits, because I think that's all about credibility building. Yeah, they're actually credibility habits, really. Yeah, yeah. Mm. And then this third one, so if it's who you hang out with, the actions that you're taking. But then the last one that I took away was like, and the impact you're having 
to show not proof, but validation of what you're doing is working. Mm -hmm. And so those successful clients or those successful implementations or the successes that you're having do matter. People want to see them and look for them. And while I might talk to a hundred people and get lots of different things that I talk to the ones that are having success and that are successful and does that reflect on your credibility? Mm -hmm. And so three different things, but it's a really jam packed word. Yeah. But you, you know, created these habits, the four habits of credibility. Mm -hmm. I think it was it used to be called referability, but yeah. it is all about credibility. Can you share those four habits? And why they're important. I should say that we have about 10 school districts across the United States that I know about that have these four habits actually framed and on the wall of all the classrooms. And it's part of the teaching in these schools, you know, and word has come back to me through my clients who are connected with these school systems. But the first one is show up on time. I try to show up early. I'm virtually always on time, and if I'm not on time, I make a point about apologizing for not being on time, okay, without making an excuse. I'm sorry I, I wasn't careful about the timing here, so I'm really sorry that I didn't show up on time. I'll come back and talk about why that showing up on time is so important. The second one is do what you say you're going to do. You know, do what you say. So if you say, I'm going to do such and such, do it. And don't say something that you don't do. Just have a little checklist. Did I do what I said I was going to do in this situation? Number three is finish what you start. If you start something, finish it. Now, finishing it can mean, you know, I thought this was going to be a really good project. I've decided that's not a good project, so I'm ending the project. You've finished it in the sense that it's not left open, it's not left indeterminate. And then number four is say please and thank you. Mm -hmm. Say please and thank you. I and mean, please means that it's a communication to a person that you're not taking them for granted and you want to get their permission to do something that will involve their teamwork. And thank you means that you're grateful, that you're appreciating who they are. Sometimes, Steve, I'll give a little exercise that I've done with individual entrepreneurs, and they'll say, you know, my life is, you know, it's really crazy right now and everything, you know, nothing's working. And I says, can I do a little uh, reality check with you? Go back to last week. Was last week a crazy week? And they said, yeah, it's a crazy week. I said, did you show up on time for all your meetings? last week. Oh, no, no. I mean, my schedule's out of control. And I said, okay, you didn't show up. I said, how many times did you not show up on time? You know, and in one case, the person said there were 10 times he had 10 important meetings and he didn't show up on time for any of them. Okay. And then I said, did you do what you said you were going to do last week? No. And they always have an excuse. This happened and this happened, this happened. And then the other one, did you finish what you started? No, they didn't finish what they started. Then the third one, did you say please and thank you? Not once during the week did they say please and thank you. And I said, well, quite apart from all your internal reasons and what you thought was going on, what the impact of your performance was last week on everybody that you met is that you're not credible. And the reason why you had a crazy week is because you had no credibility last week. And everything you were doing was making you less credible. 
So could you spend next week just planning out the week so that you show up on time for every meeting, that you do everything that you've promised that you actually do, everything you started during the week you finished, and you said please and thank you to everybody. Would you be willing to do that? And then in the following week, I'll have a conversation with you about some big things you might want to rearrange in your life. But I just want you to get the difference between what last week felt like and what next week is going to feel like, and then make some determinations about what's really happening in the way that you're interacting with other human beings. In about two or three of the cases, they went out and they didn't do anything that I said, and nothing good happened as a result of that. In one case, some person came back and said, if I just follow those four habits, probably 95% of everything in my life works. Yep. And then I have time and I have the attention for the other 5%. If somebody says there's going to be there at 10 o'clock and it's 5 after 10, their credibility is going down in my estimation. Yeah. I got to tell you, I'm still bad with my time. I got a lot of credibility, but that's what I'm going to work on because I don't think I've ever gotten honest about the idea that that actually does take away from credibility. You know, if I'm honest about it, I think the time one has always been one that trips me up because I am always wherever I am at that moment. And a lot of times when I have a commitment to go to the next place, it does take a lot to shift from being where I am to saying, I've got to wrap this up and go to the next thing. Not that that's a good excuse, but it's an interesting thing. As you were going through the credibility habits, it is one that does tie to who you hang out with. Do you do what you say you're going to do? And is what you do consistent with what you say you do? And this notion of the impact you're having. So it's interesting that you can continue over the entire journey of your life and through every phase of entrepreneurship, keep working on your credibility habits. As you get more successful, as your company has more success, how do you keep the credibility building and flying, not just more time elapsing? Well, I think these four habits, first of all, there's me as an individual, do I practice them? And then the other thing is, as teamwork inside the company, do we practice showing up on time, doing what you say you're going to do? And then the big thing is, we as an organization in relationship to our client base, do we follow through? There are four things, but the key about the credibility thing is that for the most part, you will never know how you are punished for not observing these. In other words, there are doors that just don't get opened to you because you show up late, mm -hmm. okay? In other words, they, well, you know, he's always late. Don't invite him. The one scarcity that everybody has is time. They experience scarcity of time more than anything. And if someone else's behavior continually screws up with your time sense where you already feel a scarcity, you're going to develop very negative attitudes towards that person. You know, yep. we also live in a world that's a teamwork. I mean, the difference between first world countries and third world countries is just in the sheer amount of teamwork that makes a first world country go that isn't true in a third world country. The handoffs have to be when they say they're going to happen. I do my work and then I hand my work over to you. Better happen the way I promised it was going to happen. 
something was supposed to be finished by a particular deadline. If it's not finished by that deadline, it isn't just the other person you've affected. You've affected an entire chain of teamwork. You've affected everybody else on there. It puts everything out of sorts. And the other thing is that we live in mostly idea-based worlds. You know, none of us... Uh, for the most part, is deeply into physical work. You know, it's not like we're producing widgets on the assembly line for the most part. Therefore, we live in a world of communication and ideas. And what basis do we have that things are good? You have to say please and thank you. There's got to be a sense that I really recognize that I'm asking your permission, can we do this? What I'm asking is that you would give me your attention. So living in the world we live in in the 21st century, there's got to be some rules of behavior that will either reward your credibility or I'll punish you for your lack of credibility. We've got to have a system for rewarding and punishing people on their behavior. Otherwise, there's no order, there's no structure, there's no dependability that we can look forward to. So I'm really super sensitive on the four habits. Yeah, well, you know, it's interesting because the four habits plus this notion of it going backwards to the content that you create or the collaborations you have or the capabilities that you're building on. I find entrepreneurs often have a difficult time sharing and owning up to that credibility Mm -hmm. or believability as a trait of importance. And I say that because I'm often struck by entrepreneurs who don't share the wins Mm -hmm. and the successes and boast about the progress they made. And oftentimes, we're all, as entrepreneurs, stuck in that gap period, you know, that you talk about with the gap and the gain, where Every quarter, they start out with what they haven't gotten to, not what they just accomplished. And so we're constantly talking to entrepreneurs, especially around this idea of building credibility, around talking about the improving traction or the progress that they're making, the intellectual property that they have that they filed for a patent for, or the content that they put out, or the product they built, or the contract they landed, or the success they had with that customer. Because it's always surprising to me that entrepreneurs don't proudly boast about the progress and success and demonstrate that through the case studies, the testimonials, the stories that builds on that credibility. And that is something that comes with time, not just saying it. And so I want to make sure we don't run out of time Speaking of time, (laughs) what would you say is your biggest insight from this conversation about credibility? Well, I think the big thing, and this is a thought that's just occurring to me right now, to be a consistently credible person in the, the marketplace of today, a company that always delivers on what it says, it always shows up on time, that is unfailingly polite and gracious in its interaction with any part, anybody that involves them, there's almost a admiration for people who don't pay attention to the niceties of human interaction. You know, well, he's a real rebel, you know. And think about this. Let's say you're you're just at the top of your game. You're recognized as the top of your game, and you practice the four credibility habits. Like you have all the freedom in the world 
to not play according to other people's rules. Yep. But you do play according to other people's rules. You know, you show up early. Let's say you're a very famous person. You know, you're renowned in what you do, and you show up. You always show up on time. You always do what you say. You always finish what you start, and you always say please and thank you. Think of the impact of that, of someone who's just unfailingly correct in that behavior. Never more important to stress than right now because, you know, as a father with children, what we're reading about with people from Hollywood and other places, it actually means something to do each of those four things. The interesting thing is a lot of the credibility behaviors often are instilled during childhood, right? And what you're watching people around you do or not do do the capabilities, do the collaborations, and does the content add to credibility? Yeah. So I really, I like this one. You've kind of raised my antenna up about time. <laughs> so because I am always present wherever I am and I am on yeah. this podcast right now, I realize I do need to go. So I'm not late to my next meeting, Yeah. but I really appreciate the conversation. And you know, I love each of these topics. I can't wait till we go back over them again. That's great, Steve. One of the things I have to tell you is a real treat for me is that you remember all the concepts in Strategic Coach. (laughs) I just remember the ones that I've worked with, and you keep bringing back oldies but goodies. It's like... You know, listening to rock and roll records. Oh, geez, that was a great. <laughs> that was a great. As you look up and ponder where you were there. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Loved it. Great, Dan. Look forward to that conversation and always enjoy these. Have a great day. Okay. Thank you, Steve.